Hey, I'm Taylor Dorson, and this is The Professional Technical Interviewee. Technical interviews are hard, and every company does them differently. On this show, I interview engineering leaders to see what they look for in technical candidates, and then they perform a real technical interview with me. I hope you enjoy. Cool. Uh, Bajan, how are you? Well, welcome to the show. Hi, very good. How are you? Doing well. Um, nice to to meet you. To give you the intro, Jean is a um, a product manager uh, who has a technical background. You've worked at um, a number of different companies in the Chicagoland area. Um, you're recently head of product management at Wage, and then actually just joined Expedia. Uh, did I miss anything? Anything else you want to add? No, that's that's perfect. I'm I'm really happy to be here. Excited. Just recently, I joined Expedia Group as a, a product manager, more so for a platform uh, into a re- leadership. But previously, I was at at Wage. Wage was a, a startup, but Expedia obviously is a bigger public company. But both of the role were kind of uh, technical product management, and you know, dealing with a lot of engineering, you know, problems and and teams. Uh, being able to build a backend for either a startup or at Expedia Group right now, I was, uh, you know, recruited for being a product manager at developing a Kubernetes platform. Mm. So a backend infrastructure heavy uh, type product management. Can you share a little bit, I, I guess, it's kind of two questions. Can you share a little bit about your pathway into technology and how you got into tech in the first place? And then maybe a little bit about how you switched from, uh, you know, engineering and engineering management into more product management. And that's just something that a lot of people are thinking about now or, you know, maybe wanting to do themselves. Yeah, 100 percent. You know, my background was in engineering. I did civil engineering in in my bachelor and then. Uh, I got my master in a data science uh, video orientation in the transportation engineering, uh, but then focusing on the data science side of it and then being really deep into the data structure, algorithm, machine learning, et cetera. But, you know, by by the background, by the trade, I was an engineer and then really uh, tried in the first few years of my career to try to d- different things, test different things. So I was able to get a job as, you know, junior staff engineer at a small company and, you know, get my hands dirty with, you know, .NET framework coding and VB and, you know, SQL and all those stuff uh, to see what it is. And then, uh, so as the company was growing, I was able to grow with the company get more responsibility and then learn the system a little bit better and bringing an additional leadership into my role, which was, you know, a junior software engineer, I was able to grow in my role and then try to to manage a small team of engineers on our priorities and what we try to do and then how to go through the uh, writing the codes or reviewing or putting system in place and the process for if it was uh, some reviews or QA, QC of the code. And then as this happened and the leadership of that, a small company saw this, I was able to more step into, uh, you know, officialize the, or, or make the software engineer manager position officially uh, created for me and move into that role. 
but it was a, still a small company and I was, you know, managing a team of software engineers, but also working cross-functional with other teams, gathering requirements or, or also have hands-on, you know, coding and review the codes and then, you know, designing the schema and, you know, databases, everything. But then from there, it was just like every every couple of years, I have an opportunity to get to a new role from the different aspects of a technical mm-hmm. background. So I work as a data science for government. And then while I was doing my master, I was working as a research scientist, a lot of the, again, data structure and algorithm. As I finished my master, I was able to get more into the product management. Mm. And I worked for a consultancy for a couple of years, which, you know, the core uh, service that they were providing was, um, you know, product development for external companies. So clients would come, they need a problem, uh, they need a product, and then we would lay out the life cycle of that product development and had you know, engineers in-house or offshore to be able to uh, deliver that product and then manage it for for different clients. So during that time, a lot of things was happening for different clients. So I was able to get involved with multiple projects, with multiple clients, and then learn uh, from governmental aspects to, you know, public Fortune 500 company to smaller clients. Mm. And then just... Recently, for the last two years, I was at the startup leading the whole product management for for a company that didn't have MVP, didn't have a product offering, trying to build a web app, you know, mobile apps and the back end and the infrastructure at the same time. Yeah, totally greenfield. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, totally from a scratch, you know, zero to one in terms of the product that you wanted to bring to market and finding the product uh, market fit. And then last week, I just started at Expedia as a product manager for the platform on the runtime and the Kubernetes and, uh, you know, things embedded into the developer platform and the engineer service at uh, Expedia, which is really a core offering for them. And then be able to develop that Kubernetes platform for 1,400 developers that they have across the uh, different teams, multiple time zones. Yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like you're you're when you started, although you were you know an early career engineer, you really started picking up some of the more. I would say managerial, but more like business process side of things, right? Like you, you understood, okay, we actually need to do code review, right? We actually need to have some, some infrastructure in place. And then once you had been doing that for a while, then they actually said, okay, you know, let's make you a manager because you're actually doing this job already, right? You're, you're recognizing that role. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect way to put it. it. So to be, to be honest, I was, maybe a medium towards good developer. I wasn't a great or all-star developers. I didn't have the background as, you know, a software engineer or, you know, CS student. So I was studying civil engineering and a couple of course related to the uh, data structure or how to write codes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was always looking for something that I can pad my resume with, you know, Mm -hmm. patch up the resume and then, Uh, be active and then show my, you know, a strength instead of the weakness into being a mediocre or medium software engineer. So I was trying to pull this in that how do I 
gather the requirements better, or I should go talk to different people about their needs in a small company and see how we can solve it with the software. How can we do automate automation? How can we, like you said, put a process in place to review the PR and then, you know, increase the quality and then how do we debug or how do we fix something or change management? And then the more I did that, I saw a, a great opportunity or a great gap into there is a stellar developers that they're great at what they do. Their code is amazing and what they build is great. But then there is a communication aspects or a business acumen aspects that it's not being uh, communicated to the organization or the team, or there is a gap between the business need and the, the software that they create or the features that they try to you know, allocate their time and resources to. So this gap really needs to be filled with either an engineer manager or if your organization is very product oriented for uh, that role is like a technical product manager or just mm -hmm. a product manager itself. So I was pulled more into that direction uh, throughout the years. Yeah, I think that that's really useful to hear for people who are early career and might be in the same same spot right who think okay i'm not i'm not the best software developer on this team right and, and sometimes maybe far from it but they know okay there's i can add a little bit of um of something to this team outside of just software development right especially i think people coming from um other other careers right if you went through a coding boot camp or or have some other type of degree i think a lot of times people come in with other experience and it feels a little weird to be like i'm the junior programmer but you know let me try to implement this new process but i do think often it's it's very useful and a, an easy way to to be seen in kind of a different light instead of just you know the the junior engineer you're like oh someone who actually is able to bring ideas to the table and help make a positive change on the team yeah 100 percent. i i agree with you i think it's assessment case by case. Everyone should have it. And then also being able to uh, look for a mentor. If if somebody's in early career and it's a junior software developers at a team and it's not the best developers, it's fine. You can grow in your career. You can see different systems throughout the years and then see different approach, see different design, see different technology in the stacks and then learn them. So mm. probably that that feeling of I'm not the best developer in the team would disappear over the years as you gain some experience and get more exposure to different technology. But I really, for my case, I really wanted to be involved in the leadership side of mm. the thing. Decision-making that goes into a product development process or how do we allocate our budgets and the budget really is the number of developers that you have on a team and the number of hours that you want to devote their time to a certain product versus a technical death, et cetera. And being able to make those decisions more efficiently or at least be involved in those decision-making and move off into more like a leadership career path, mm -hmm. uh, a managerial career path than being an individual contributor, but there is a path for each. Each of these have its own path. You can be able to move from a junior program manager or product manager 
to the engineering and vice versa. That was just the opportunity presented for me to move from more like a software engineer, junior software engineer to the managerial role. Yeah. So you kind of always knew you enjoyed that side of things, but then when you shifted into that consulting role and you were, it sounds like you're much more regularly talking with lots of different types of clients. That's when you really um, started to think more product minded. And then, then obviously that startup, um, you kind of dove in head first, right. Of of doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So I think the startup was just a coincidence that I uh, crossed path with the, with the CEO at the time. And I wanted to, you know, always try to be part of a small team. It was a seed team. It was almost like a co-founding team. It started as four people, you know, the CEO and the COO and another product person. And I joined the team as, you know, the employee number four, but the team grew, you know, over the course of two years to maybe over 30 people from the software engineers and from the, you know, uh, a solution architect to marketing teams and the product managers and everyone. So that was also, you know, a, a lucky opportunity for me or a coincidence that I was at, you know, a cross path with the CEO and I was able to uh, get the buy-in that the product is, is a successful product, the idea is a successful idea just being able to implement that and then being able to bring it to the market. Yeah, I love it. And often, especially that early stage, that's how um, interviewing is, right? You kind of just have to meet someone and go, oh, wait, this actually seems interesting, right? Uh, It gets rare that they probably didn't even have a formal interview process, right? Like a lot of times at that stage, it's a couple conversations. You're like, all right, let's do it, right? Yeah, exactly. It was a couple of conversation, you know, a couple of intro, and then we spent a couple of hours, I remember, to um, to really help the CEO understand the value prop that I can bring to his team and to his idea was he, he sent me a list of questions and it was like, we have problem with this, we have problem with this, we want to do this migration from legacy system to AWS, we want to put our stack, choose our stack, etc. So I remember it was like a list of maybe 10 to 20 areas or question that they're all big. And then they're all decisions that you, you have to put my, your mind into it. And then some of them are, you know, two way, two way door that you can make a decision and come back later and change your decision. Some of them are not. So I spent a couple of days, you know, putting my uh, thought together and then I wrote back like probably a 10, 10 page of content that I was just saying that this is my unfiltered thoughts on mm. how I do it. And this is my experience dealing with this and really also be vulnerable that I've never solved this problem at some of the question. I was like, I never, I never encountered this problem or this question, but here's the process I go through to find a solution for it. Mm. And then we went through that for like a couple of hours. I was meeting with, uh, with my, uh, you know, CEO at the time, uh, you know, face to face. And it was like, uh, 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 incubator in chicago 1871 so we were we we're going there and just meeting over the launch and going through that and that was like 
the the assurance or the uh, 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 trust that I built, and then I joined the team after that. It was really casual conversation, and uh, the interview process was not official. It was essentially the list of problems that the company was facing or the opportunity that we can we can develop our product in and how I go through those to to execute against those lists and bring the vision of the uh you know founders to uh to reality. Yeah, that's really interesting. I and eighteen seventy one is a great place to hang out if you're interested in, you know, joining a startup, right? You'll probably get especially if you're technical at all, you probably get a couple offers by the you know, if you, you get lunch there once or twice a week, right? Yeah. <laughs> People 100%. always look for good founders. Yeah, for for people in Chicago, it's it's a great place to just have an office, to have a desk, and you know, just bumping to the people, talking about what is it that they're working on. If it's a startup or they're part of a startup, if you're after you know raising money, a lot of VCs in Chicago have offices there, so it's a great place to to start your career or advance your career there for sure. Yeah. Can you so so having just went through the interview process, can you share a little bit about what that looks like from a, a product standpoint? Because I don't know if if uh, myself and, and probably a lot of people watching, if they even really know how does it differ, right, from what might be an engineering manager and engineering leader conversation versus a a product manager conversation, right, and how those interviews um, actually play out. Like I'm assuming you're not whiteboarding, right, or at least not whiteboarding coding solutions, right. Yeah, I yeah, it doesn't involve any coding or you know any any technical aspects of an interview that the engineer goes through or the engineer manager goes through, but there there is a part that they want you to talk through a solution, more like a product oriented solution to to really capture what is the what is your product thinking, what is your understanding of a product life cycle etc so to to walk you through my interview process at at Expedia was you know they're screening with the recruiter and then it's a, a conversation about an hour with the hiring manager mm-hmm. and really the the thing that was standing out to me at Expedia was that the hiring manager came forward and with with probably the opportunities that are available to the team to expand and grow, and then the business value that they can bring to the whole Expedia organization and really articulate that for me. So I understood that the value of this team, this is a core functionality, core infrastructure, product management team for the whole Expedia, very deep into uh, the development and infrastructure and engineering service department or organization. Mm-hmm. So that was that was obvious for me. So he did a great job there to to be able to articulate that value of the organization and the team. And then also across that, it was a set of challenges that he had. So mm-hmm. like previously, the product was a certain way, and then now they want the product to be more agile, more nimble, be able to have a greater outcome. And then also there is the area that it was, you know, a a huge amount of investment from the leadership was put into this team or this department to grow and being able to unify all the services uh, that Expedia provide. 
So, and then the conversation that we had was, how do you how do you see and and feel about this opportunities that he articulated and he wanted to capture my thoughts and then what I see what are the risks uh, that you see as a product manager and then how do you try to move the needle uh, for e- each of these challenges the set of mm-hmm. challenges that, you, that we have so. One of the questions I got from the the hiring manager was like, how do you structure an ex-large initiative like this to to create a big Kubernetes platform for company size of Expedia and then migrate all these services to this Kubernetes? How do you write this initiative? How do you get the buy-in and uh, from different leadership, different department, different teams into this initiative? And how do you try to navigate through it? Because the set of requirements and the set of challenges that you have to think about, security, life traffic, yeah. the magnitude of a scale and stuff, make it really, really crowded, really complicated set of requirements and navigating it through, it's it's hard. So... As the product manager, I really try to uh, to accurately give them my thought process. That mm. first thing is we have to acknowledge this is challenging, and as a product manager or as a team, we're gonna screw up or we're gonna do make some mistakes. But then, how do we set our problem statement and how do we present the solution to different teams? How do we work cross-functionally with the engineering to be able to get the buy-in and then bring the whole organization together? That, you know, through that conversation, I was able to get a positive reaction from the hiring manager. At the end of the interview, he was like, okay, um, I'm very impressed enough uh, by by your, you know, answer and stuff. So I want you to talk to my, my peer. And the focus of, you know, the second interview was, or the third interview was like, how do I think about a product design or what is my leadership thought process, et cetera. So that that was the area that really I wanted to, I needed to go through the cycle of uh, product management, you know, from vision to uh, uh, getting the requirements to working with engineers and to delivering. And then after that, it was like a set of, final rounds with different people up to five five rounds with different people which either of those interviewer wanted to cover one you know big value of the company like one focus on the teamwork one focus on the collaboration one works on time management and a lot of question there was like behavioral or situational that how do I go uh, for that didn't have any product design or whiteboarding but for my previous you know interviews and interviews at other places the experience i had they can either send you a, a assessment you know that you have to handle or they want you to uh, do a whiteboarding session at the problem those questions might be you know situational or like mm-hmm. a, a hypothetical that Okay, we are trying to build a competition for the Google Map. How do you, and you're the product manager for that. How do you go 
through that. And then it's open-ended and they want to evaluate a series of, you know, characteristics that you have to bring to table and then experience that you have or how you think about a problem and how do you present your solution. So it sounds like there's a, a kind of almost two factor. One is more, how do you think about product? How do you approach, you know, going from nothing to something, right? Um, and then also there is a technical aspect, which is, okay, talk to me about the the, the direction you would go with this problem from a, a technical perspective, right? Like, well, what are the types of things we might use? But they're not asking you, you know, some, some Kubernetes script syntax, right? They're asking you more so, what, what do we need to actually do to accomplish this, right? Um, so it seems like a really interesting way to interview and definitely more, um, I would say having more people skills probably helps a lot with these interviews, right? Versus just pure technical, I'm going to bang out some code and then be done, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So it's it's behavioral, it's the leadership skills, is uh, uh, product thinking, it's collaboration and cross-functional. For a lot uh, a lot of interview experience I have, they also want to work on accurately maybe assessing your skills in a real job in a day to day of the job. Mm. So how do you navigate a, a a product that is blocked by security. How do you manage in conflict with the engineer manager? So this is a, you know, a question I've been asked a couple of times. Tell me about a time that you manage a conflict with the engineer manager and the product manager and engineer manager on a daily basis, they have probably technical disagreement, different ideas or different solution to the things. So they want to see how to navigate those. For junior developers or a person in software engineering and uh, engineer managers, they can also think about the same thing from their point of view. Like, tell me about a time you had a conflict with a product manager and the product manager was insisting on a set of, you know, solutions, but how did you resolve it? Or how did you went through that uh, conflicts and what was the outcome. And then a lot of times it's conversation about those, you know, quote unquote negative experience at mm. work, conflicts, you know, a hard product manager or hard engineer manager to deal with, saying no to people or, you know, deprioritizing work yeah. or giving a, maybe constructive or maybe negative feedbacks to your counterpart. So if you can really navigate those those not so great type experience on a day-to-day job, it would be a great addition to to the team because every team wants a person that fit the culture and can improve the culture. And so with those set of questions, they want to see how do you act around those uh, type of, you know, situation, day-to-day situations. Totally. Yeah. You, so you touched on this a little bit, but I was going to ask, what do you typically evaluate for when you're um, interviewing technical folks or, or product managers? You, you just addressed some of that, right? Like, how are you handling these types of situations? What does like cross-functionality look like? Um, is there anything else that you're really looking for when you're interviewing folks? 
Yeah, I I like to uh, ask a set of questions to give me a sense of how this product manager or this engineer manager have uh, self awareness. Mm. So it's it's really important for a product manager or engineer manager to be able to understand the the limits of you know their self awareness and then really know their strength, know their weaknesses, and then being able to answer the question with you know showing me that they they own they have a sense of ownership they take responsibility and then own either a product features or you know a piece of software or piece of you know teamworks uh, that it's in a day-to-day operation of a a team and then with those really i can evaluate the self-awareness so one question I really like to to evaluate the self awareness is like, tell me about a time that you know a feature development or you know a software development went wrong, mm. and what did you do? And then so I want to you know get detailed answer and what was the situation and really understand what was the action and the result. But the key point that I'm looking for is that is this person taking ownership of a part of this product management or feature management or software development that went wrong? Is this person bringing some ownership to it? Mm. Um, And then what was the action that they take to be able to either resolve it or like not let it happen in, in the first place? Or what was the lesson learned for this person at the end of this situation? So I think self-awareness is the key for every role that people are interviewing and want to go. And one thing I learned the hard way is at interviews, the more humble and the more down to earth that you are and show vulnerability, it's you build that human connection with the interviewer and be able to you know pass through the interview and get the job. Uh, uh, people don't want, you know, uh, egoistic type uh, uh, interviewee to to come work for their team, join their team, but they want to really evaluate you as a human to human connection. And that self awareness and showing vulnerability is really important to to at least bring it up to an interview. If you screwed up at something, it's fine. If you have a negative experience, it's fine. Just what was the action you took and what was the lesson learned from from that situation? I, I sometimes cringe thinking back on when I was, was my, my prior career in recruiting. Um, I was looking for my second recruiting job and I was a pretty good recruiter. And I used to just go into interviews, you know, with like six months to a year of experience. Just think like just. I put off an energy that I was God's gift to recruiting, right? And I could see people like look at me and they'd be like, okay, like you can tell you have the numbers, but I realized later, like I'm getting rejected because I'm just kind of being an asshole in these interviews, right? Like I'm just, 
like talking about how great I am, not just like talking about the people that helped me become good, right? Or or about the team at all. And um definitely was a, a lesson I learned as well to to realize, oh, okay, maybe a little bit more humility is gonna end up with much better conversations that people might actually want to work with me. <laughs> right. Yeah, hundred percent. Glad I learned that before I got into software engineering. <laughs> yeah, and in software is really important because you're dealing with you know codes and things go wrong it's not just a matter of you know if it's going wrong or not if it's just you know something is going to be uh, uh giving you error you are screwing up at code you're deleting infrastructure that you shouldn't have deleted it's etc cetera, etc cetera. so having that sense of self-awareness and humility it, it really goes a long way and it's more important that uh, for for technical people and product management people a lot of you know marketing teams hr teams finance team might learn this early on in their career because they have more human to human connection with the customers with with the you know uh, different people at the company etc but it, the faster you learn that in a technical position or a product management position, the the further you can go, and then uh, it, you you see the result of that very very soon in your career. That you build that human to human connection, and it, you're just bringing humility and a sense of self awareness to to the conversation to to your day to day. That's exactly what you know, interviewer is looking for. That's exactly what hiring manager is looking for to build that trust and connection to bring you on board in their team. Yeah. And I think the the need and I don't know, the, the bigger percentage that you have to have that um, increases as you become more and more senior, right? It's, you can probably get to a senior, maybe even a lead developer role without having a ton of that. But if you're moving into management, you're moving into, you know, any type of director level roles and you like, your job becomes really more interacting with people than it does code. Like that's so much more critical than, you know, you, you can be an okay developer and not have a ton of those skills, but if you want to continue to move up, I think that's, that's a, honestly just as important if not more important than the technical side of things often yeah i i think soft skills is very important in that sense of uh, uh, you know vulnerability it's the more more important when when you grow up to the management position leadership position i think for for director roles and you know vp roles vp of engineering or it they only focus on those time how do you manage a disaster a technical disaster yeah. it crisis and what did you do to to give your uh, people a sense of authority or autonomy to make decisions and uh, make mistakes and and learn from those mistakes so a lot of those higher position into leadership you know senior engineer manager etc is just being able to navigate through the you know uncharted territory and navigate it through uh, storms that happens in bigger organization or navigating through a situation that a startup or smaller companies facing for the first time so it's really important to nail down those 
you know, situation and action and the result that you were involved in a negative situation. Again, it's conflict, it's saying no, it's missing a deadline, it's breaking an important, you know, set of infrastructure or screwing up a piece of software that is really important to customers. What did you do and what was the result and what was the lesson learned that now for those lesson learned and experience, we want you to come on board, join our company and then, you know, help us navigate those situations because business and, you know, software development and product management is not all rosy and gold and sunny days and sunshine. It's a lot of problems and, you know, challenges and conflict and uh, competing priorities that you have to really maneuver through and then uh, bring your team uh, through those situations. Yeah. I Before I was ever a manager, and this was in my recruiting career, I always thought I wanted to be a manager. And then I became a manager and I went, I don't know if I love it so much, right? Because there's a lot of things that I did not realize as a part of the job that quickly, you know, eats up more and more of the time, right? And and I think it's a good experience for folks to go into that and realize either, okay, I love this, right? Or I don't. And I think it's totally okay to go between the two, right? Like something that's more individ- individual contributor focused or, you know, I'm realizing, oh, this is my calling. I, I yeah. think it's, uh, and especially in engineering, I think there should be more movement. You see it sometimes at companies, right? People go into the management level and then back to an individual contributor. But I think that should be almost every manager should be a six month or a one year trial, right? Like, do you actually enjoy this? <laughs> do you actually like this uh, or not? I think it would help. Trying that gives them a, a vision and, you know, the perspective from the other side. If, if you are, not happy with the decision that your manager makes or uh, are constantly in conflict with what your manager is trying to do or trying to achieve, et cetera, as a software engineer or product manager, if the opportunity, uh, you know, show itself to you, you should be able to move to that managerial role and understand it from that perspective. And that was really one thing that helped me to have both perspective as an individual contributor software engineer as well as a manager to get those different perspective in one team and be able to see different aspects of the work that needs to be done and that that really helps and then trying different jobs trying to trying to get involved in different projects or different collaboration it really help as well to maybe increase the breadth of your understanding and increase the different area that you touch so if for engineer manager or for software engineer there is opportunity to work with a corp software you know corporation software hr software core functionality in the it and corporation it's a great opportunity to see those perspective and understand those layers of software a lot better than just you know trying to work on the frontline delivering features for customers or delivering features for a website or mobile app. So going deep into the different area, give you a level of expertise, but also going to work with different teams or different position, give you a breath. So it's always like a T. You want to have a T that has a long depth, you're expert in one area, 
you have the skills that a technology stack or like a software stack in, and then work with the team, but also had the opportunity to work with other teams and increase the top of the T to have more breadth and maybe a couple of depth into into different areas. That's really uh, a valuable. And then it takes time to build that T, you know what I mean? To, yeah. to increase the breadth and to increase the depth of your knowledge and its skills. It's really important to think about it that way. Thank you for watching the first half of the Professional Technical Interviewee. The technical interview will be released one week from this episode. So be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss it. New episodes are released on the first four Thursdays of each month. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Orsid or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And remember, keep practicing.